there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Casey Hubbs. Casey is the Cannabis Extraction Team Leader and Lab Manager at Orgro, a producer and processor in Moxie, Washington. Casey graduated from Bastyr University in 2008 with a degree in herbal science. She's a longtime master formulator of cannabis topicals, tinctures, and edibles, and now brings those wide range of expertise to cannabis product development and manufacturing. You know, often on this show, we focus on CEOs and internationally known cannabis researchers, but when you get right to it, though, it is the industry's middle management that is the backbone of making sure quality cannabis products actually reach the store shelves. So today we are profiling Casey for everybody who's curious about what it's like daily life in a production cannabis lab. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thank you, Shango. Thanks for having me. So Casey, we got to start at the top, right? You you went and put in all that effort and got your degree in herbal science at Bastyr, and then you go into a new industry that's in chaos. Why did you choose to take a career chance and delve into the cannabis industry? Right. Yeah. Well, when I uh, was a senior at Bastyr, I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter, which was completely unexpected. And um, I did not want to um, continue school. I wanted to take time off for her. So I didn't further my education. And I didn't want to dive right into a career because I wanted I wanted to be a mama. And um, I decided I kind of had a childcare background. And so I decided that I would kind of um, take that uh, a little farther and start a business on a little island that I worked on. And I did that for six years. And I was actually really successful at it. But then once Isla started school, I wanted to um, get back into the herbal medicine. And I had started working with some people on cannabis, my, my best friend's mom actually uh, came down with a really aggressive form of rheumatoid arthritis. And um, she was a little worried about taking opiates and um, narcotics for her pain and wanted to start using cannabis, which ended up being really great for her because she also was doing chemo infusions to help knock out her immune system. And um, we started playing around with it and I kind of fell in love with it and then decided because um, because I was successful with her, we it kind of opened up a door to these new people that I was meeting that were more involved in cannabis and one thing led to another and I, I decided to take a leap of faith and um, I had a lot of student loans to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> And put a couple resumes in, and one thing led to another, and here I am today working for um, a large tier three grow. You know, it, it is a pretty powerful how when the people in the community find out that you know how to, you know, both uh, process cannabis into a product that's highly usable, but also you know how to recommend its usage for the patient, how suddenly you become the community expert and everybody wants to come to you. Yeah, definitely. And I had, I definitely had a leg up considering I, um, 
I, I knew how to work with plants and I knew how to extract plants and I knew about their constituents and their solubility and I, I didn't know about activation for edibles and, and things like that in the very beginning. So I definitely had a large learning curve as far as cannabis, but um, it, it was really, really exciting for me to see how it unfolded. You so, know, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Right on. So, so, so there you are, you, you get your first job in cannabis. And of course now you're showered with a big salary and a title, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, actually I took a major pay cut to, uh, to come, you know, put all my, put all my cards into cannabis, um, hoping that on the other side, it was going to be successful and fruitful for me and, and that I would have a career. The other part that I know was a challenging part is, you know, you, you start, you were living on an island and suddenly this job that you got was way on the other side of the state. Um, what was that like for you? I mean, that must've been a hard decision to decide to move your family for a, a gamble in cannabis. Yeah, actually it was, um, it was huge. And I give a lot of credit to my husband for being supportive. Um, the, the job that I ended up taking was in Moxie, uh, and I grew up in Natchez, Washington. And so one of the reasons that I could take this job here is that I had family support to help with my daughter. Um, so when we, when we came over here, we, we left, uh, our home, which I, I sometimes regret a lot, um, as far as, you know, my daughter's happiness and, and sort of this sweet little community to back into the sticks. Um, it, it's been hard, but it's been, um, it's been worth it, I think. Right on. So cool. So, so we see the kind of struggle you went through to decide, you know, you wanted to try cannabis because you were excited about it and you had the skills for it. So what were your initial responsibilities upon hire? Um, I was hired at Orgro to run their CO2 extractor and to help them formulate. They were running an edible. We were running an edible program at the time. Um, and we still are somewhat. It's definitely uh, where we're not offering as many edibles at this time, but um, we're still continuing that program to find out how to ha manipulate the oil, get it into pens, come up with a sellable product, help them formulate tinctures and, and capsules and, and, and other products as well. You know, it really is a pioneering position, too, because, you know, uh, a, a lot of the, the corporate memory and business intelligence that is now readily available for states that are normalizing now, people like you in the early days of Washington were all in your own labs trying to figure out how to do this. And, yeah, sometimes you guys were trading information via the Internet or, or you know, over, mm -hmm. over drinks or something. But really, it was there was a whole bunch of mad scientists in 502 protection uh, production labs trying to make the damn viscosity of the oil right for the for the cartridges right 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 yeah that it I have to tell you it was um I had a lot of really frustrating days it I thought I was going to come in here and it was just all going to fall into place and I was going to be making tinctures all day which I could do and um Really, it was beating my head up against the wall over and over and over and I had um lots of frustrations, a lot of anger, a lot of second guessing why I had moved over here. Um, and a lot of tears really. Uh, but I'm stubborn. So I persevered and, and we had, we definitely had some consultants come in and, and give us some direction, which was really helpful. Um, and, and 
today we've kind of arrived at a place where I think we can be competitive and we do understand the oil. And uh, finally, after about two years, we we're here. Right on. So, so, you know, a lot of people, they think about the glamour of working in cannabis and like, oh yeah, I'm going to like formulate, I'm going to, I'm going to manufacture this stuff. And it's going to somehow look like, like it does in Disney where you've got like, you know, birds flying in the oil to you and a <laughs> you know, butterfly bringing you the edible that you're going to, you know, it's just not like that. It is, it's kind of grimy, isn't it? I mean, when you're doing production, you know, you know, things are getting tipped over. Your, your things are not being purged right. You have to start over again. Um, I can imagine that that would be really frustrating trying to you know invent the wheel for the first time yeah absolutely uh, we definitely went through a lot of product in the beginning uh, a lot of R&D in fact I think myself as well as the company I was working for was getting kind of frustrated with it um, you know you've got to worry about the color you've got to worry about the waxes you've got to worry about temperatures and parameters and um, it it all it all feels like you're you're losing your your mind a little bit and then all of a sudden things start making sense and you have these moments of oh my gosh right okay that makes sense and you move on to the next step and it is really building it up piece by piece by piece and some people want to offer help and other people's people you know they don't and they feel very proprietary about their information and they'll give you bits and pieces and then the rest of it you put together like a puzzle Right on. So I want to ask you one more question before we go to the break. After the break, we're going to talk about some of your successes. But I want to put you on the spot right now and and and, and ask you, will you describe one of your utter failures? <laughs> oh, I have a lot of them, I think. Um, we were we were playing. Yeah, I have one. OK, so we were developing. Um, we were looking at topicals and we were playing with a chapstick. And um, we had several samples set up for people, you know, especially the owners to like give to the board, which is what we did with all of our products, right? And I was working with another gal that was in the kitchen with me. Um, and we made all these chapsticks and went and handed them out. And the next day, one of the owners, like, like our general manager, CEO, slash, base principal came back in and his lips were all red and oh, he no. he was like yeah no this this didn't work for me my lips felt a little burned <laughs> so I think that was probably one of the biggest embarrassments um I spill a lot so that happens in the lab too and um you know anybody that's working with this oil especially like winterized oil knows that the minute you have one drop anywhere you have a complete complete disaster um and that's going to be there until somebody has rubs enough dirt on it to, to be able to see it. And then, yeah, it's, it's a very messy, dirty process. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story. We're going to take a short, back, short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. As a cannabis entrepreneur, you know how challenging recruiting quality talent can be. Your day is already busy enough, and yet there is an ever-growing pile of resumes on your desk, and your team is begging you to hire more help. Hiring the right person can make a profound impact on your company. There's no reason that you have to suddenly be an expert hiring manager, not when there is Viridian staffing. 
Viridian Staffing recruits solely for adult-use cannabis, medical marijuana, and hemp companies and those that service them. Viridian Staffing's recruiters each have over 10 years of experience and they will use that experience to recruit the kind of employees that will make you look good. Whether you're looking for a master grower, extractor, grow room support, or trimming, Viridian can find an appropriate person in your area. They can even recruit administrative or graphic design professionals who may not need cannabis experience. Because you are a startup, you may also need human resources help for a while. Viridian Staffing can make sure that your HR files are complete and keep you out of trouble with state and federal employment requirements. Because the cannabis industry is booming, cannabis recruiting companies are popping up all over the country. But good marketing does not mean good recruiting. Some of the recruiting shops that have opened are run by novices who do not yet have a thorough understanding of employment law and the complexities of hiring for cannabis. Don't hire an amateur to find you a professional. Consider Viridian Staffing to make that stack of resumes disappear and complete your team with exactly the hire you are hoping for. You can find out more at viridianstaffing.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-A-N staffing.com. And now back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Casey Hubbs, extraction team lead and lab manager at Orogro. So you were such a good sport before the break, Casey, telling us about um, an abject failure of yours. Let's turn it around and talk about some of your successes. So when, you know, you were describing the first half about how things, you know, startup environment and things were chaotic. And because Washington was one of the first states to normalize, you know, you and other people like you in the state were trying to figure out how to do all this stuff for the first time. Do you remember the first moment when you had the realization that things were actually coming together? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it was it was only pretty recently, actually. Uh, about six or seven months ago, we launched our Nova cartridges, which is our vape oil, our CO2 extracted oil. And um, we got picked up by a few stores across the state that wanted to carry our product exclusively. And that was kind of my first first hint at, oh, wow, we're doing something right here. And then from that moment on, I think my confidence became... Um, you know, stronger. And I, a little of the pressure was off so that I could really focus on some more of our, uh, techniques. And a couple of months after that, I started, I was really fighting with CO2 a lot. Uh, it, it just wasn't doing what I needed it to do. The market really wanted those concentrated, those shatters and those waxes. And, and um, I was having a really hard time with CO2 doing that. And so I wanted to explore other options of extraction and something that I was extremely comfortable with was ethanol. And that is that's what I that's what I learned at Bastyr was ethanol extracts, and I was worried about hydrocarbons. It wasn't something that I felt good about. I didn't I I, I know there's a huge culture and they make amazing extracts. And with the parts per million being monitored the way that they are, in the analytics, um, I. I, 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 it's not that I don't think it's safe. It's just, I didn't want to make that product. And so we started playing with ethanol and I just did a ton of research and had, um, 
a lot of people who are willing to talk to me about uh, a few of their processes and I put my own spin on it and all of a sudden our stuff was selling and um, we had actually people wanted it so much a week I was running a one liter rotovap or a two liter rotovap and I couldn't keep up. And so we ended up getting some more equipment, equipment through genius extractions, uh, based in California. We, we purchased their 20 liter rotovap and, um, he, he came in, he meaning Richard, one of the, one of the brothers that's um, involved in the company, uh, came in and looked at our product and he went, Oh my gosh, that's ethanol. And in that moment, I, I think I really married it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, he said, wow, I've been across the country. And he said, I think you are probably top 5%. And in that, in that moment, I thought we've arrived. We're good. I can let some of the, the pressure go. And, uh, that, I think that's what I feel most, um, most proud of right now. You know, that's a really good point too. You know, that, that kind of encouragement when you are, you're doing your best, <clears throat> you know that the sale of the product that you're developing has got a lot of people's paychecks riding on it. Yeah. You got to get encouragement from somewhere. And you know, mm -hmm. if you're, you're in, sometimes that encouragement comes from upper management. Sometimes it might come from a consumer who reaches out to you and says, this is a damn good job. And in this case, mm -hmm. it comes from a vendor who can give you a really educated opinion. That's really great that that happened for you. So, so, you know, I'm, I know that you have developed a, a you know a whole line of products for Orgro. What's another one that you feel really proud of? Um, I really like our capsules. We haven't I haven't gotten to get so much into formulating, which is what I'm really excited about. I definitely I mean we we do edibles and stuff like I said before, um, and we're working on our concentrate departments, our department and. Um, that's kind of where our main focus has been. We're starting to look into um, other products as well. But our capsules, we take really great care to preserve our terpenes during our decarboxylation process. And I really think that that has a huge effect on the delivery of our um, our products. And so the capsules, we have only done a small test um, test market with them, but the feedback is, is been very great for us. You know, <clears throat> that's a good point. A lot of people don't realize um, how important it is to preserve those terpenes. Um, you know, some of the processing uh, styles are really ruthless on the mm -hmm. whole plant extract mm -hmm. and suddenly your terpenes are gone. And, mm -hmm. you know, the terpenes are an essential part of true cannabis medicine. And, and even if you're not taking it technically as medicine, you know, if you're taking it recreationally, mm -hmm. but, you know, recreationally is still relief medicine. Um, you know, the, it's the, it's the terpenes, the aromatherapy of the cannabis plant that kind of mm -hmm. sculpts what your high is like. And so if you want, if you want the medicine to have any kind of personality, you've got to preserve all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe in the entourage effect a hundred percent. Um, and that's one of the hard things about using ethanol because ethanol is really known for depleting those, um, those terpenes, uh, in the products, but we're, we, we're pretty careful about how we handle it. And so far our feedback has been really, really good.
Right on. So <clears throat> for, for, for those who are listening who are coveting your job, um, <laughs> you know, give a little description of, of how your job has evolved from when you first started to now. Because, you know, I, I know that you've gotten some more responsibilities, but how did that pr- <laughs> pr- progress go? So I came in when I got hired on at Orgrow, I was supposed to help them uh, formulate products, um, understand the analytics behind the testing and to run the CO2 extractor. And that was that was it. But uh, there was there was only about three of us full time employees at the time. And so it was all hands on deck. Um, however, over the course of the last couple years or a year and a half, um, we have implemented a, we've lost a lot of people and we have implemented a lot more into what's required of us. And so now, um, you know, I, I, we pre- I prep all the lab samples, the samples go out, uh, for analytics. Um, we prioritize, uh, as far as extraction goes, um, the kitchen help with kitchen proper homogenization uh everything from biotrack to um seeing things get delivered out the door so quality control um communication between packaging and sales um consulting for problems in the garden consulting with labs dealing with uh all of the uh, vendors that we use for products, the list really goes on and on and on. And that really is like the magic of middle management, right? I mean, yeah. you pretty much listed every aspect of a producer processor, except for getting the investment capital and sales. So, right. <laughs> so every, everything that's happening in the building, you are a part of. And I think there's two important lessons about that. Number one, that, um, you know, working in a startup, you've got to be willing to wear a lot of hats and not be mm-hmm. a prima donna about the part that you do. And, and also, um, you know, for those who feel like they are an expert in one category, that if they really want to be successful at a startup, um, you know, it's good to have things that you're, you're a master at, but also, you know, have some knowledge in all the other categories so that you can throw, throw in some help in a jam. Absolutely. And be humble enough to go shovel snow if that's what's required of you. <laughs> right on. That's right. I forget. You're you're over there in eastern yeah, Washington right. now. You actually right. have snow. <laughs> we have snow. We had a lot of snow this winter, actually. Right on. So so all right. So so again for the folks who are 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 imagining themselves in your job, and and this question may mm-hmm. seem a little mundane to you, but I'm actually curious about it. Walk us through a typical one of your days. I mean, what I mean, it can't always be like you know massive, <laughs> awesome, brilliant. So like walk walk us through what a day of yours looks like. Right. Well, most of the time I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, just just shouting orders and, and trying to process. But um, I, I get here and the first thing I like to do is prioritize. And so what I'll do is I have I have boards that have Monday through Friday on them because our product, as it goes out, has to sit in quarantine for 24 hours. And if you don't have all your ducks in a line and your packaging and quality control isn't finished, you can't quarantine on on time to get your sales out the door for delivery. And so basically that's that's probably one of my number one uh um number one priorities in the morning. So I'll come in, prioritize, see what needs to go out, make sure someone's on packaging um so that that can be 
finished. And then from there, I will check in to see where I'm at in processing. So that's the rotovap or short path or what's being frozen or winterized and, and figure out what needs to happen with that. And then also pick out what we're going to run next and whether we have enough of one strain hitting the the sativa, the hybrid, the indica, um, coming down the pike to make sure that we can, we can fill all the, uh, the, the shelves with whatever people want. Right. And then, um, after that, basically it's just making sure that everything is labeled and converted in biotrack so that we're following the LCB guidelines. Um, and, and then pretty much wrap it up at the end of the day with, with cleanup, which is pretty typical. It's interesting because, you know, what you were describing are the non-sexy parts of the job. And if we if we were to take out the word cannabis and put mm-hmm. in any other food product, it just sounds like you've got a job. Right. Yeah, it's very very similar to agriculture. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I mean that's what it is, but but you know, I I think that all the time that this seems really glamorous and exciting and cannabis is, you know, there's a lot of really cool things happening with cannabis and in the, in, in the industry, but at the same time, and at the end of the day, you're right. When you remove the name cannabis, it is just another profession. Awesome. So we're going to take another short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the gear in your lab. You are listening to the <laughs> gondrepreneur.com podcast. The Gondrepreneur Podcast is listened to by tens of thousands of cannabis entrepreneurs and enthusiasts every single week. These folks are most likely your target customers, and we'd like to introduce you to each other. Our down-to-earth and information-rich commercial breaks can deliver your message to the cannabis business community and others who just find relief in getting high. If you want to reach out and connect with our audience in the most personal way that we can offer, go ahead and drop us an email at grow at gontrepreneur.com and we can talk about you becoming a commercial sponsor of the podcast. Thanks for listening and being part of the Gontrepreneur family. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Casey Hubbs, extraction team lead and lab manager at Orgro. So before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the things that can go right and wrong in the lab, and, and we were talking about some of the products that you're most proud of. And I know that we have got gearheads who are listening to the show that are all like, but what's in her lab, man? <laughs> and so so like, let's, let's put that on the pedestal for a moment. Why don't you break down uh, the gear in your lab and, uh, and you know any thoughts that you might have about them? Sure. Um, right now, as far as vacuum ovens, I'm running uh, the TVO5 from Cascade Botanicals, and I also have one of the smaller versions of the Across International. Um, both of the equipment are super strong and both definitely have uh, have some some weaknesses that I would probably wish to combine the two and make the perfect machine. But um, overall, I'm actually pretty satisfied with Cascade. Um, I really love that they're a local company and their tech support is phenomenal. As far as extraction equipment, um, right now we're using we have a big eight by eight walk-in freezer that we're doing a lot of our processing in. Um, we recently purchased a uh, an extractor from Genius Extractions. We're running the twenty liter, and um, so far I'm I'm really excited about it. It has made you know our production uh, go up 
by so much. And the quality of the product is is still holding true to our smaller um, our smaller Rotovap, which is a Buki. And uh, I have run my Buki for. Oh my gosh, a year, a little over a year probably, and never had a hiccup with it. It has been a phenomenal machine. So the CO2 extractor that we're using is um, an Apex. Uh, it's been a workhorse. We have had a lot of problems with it. Um, as Apex grew, uh, we we kind of lost them on customer service a little bit. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I, it actually put out a great product that I, I love for my pens. Um, great terpene preservation. Uh, but like I said, we bought one of the first models. And so it was, they did a lot of research and development, I think, in between the time period that we had purchased that and now. And our machine is pretty much obsolete. And that's about it for equipment. I have a few, I do have a short path uh, that I use. Um, we're using Hulabo. And I've actually had some problems with that. So we're looking into the Hydolf system. And um, overall, they're, they're all great. They're all great pieces of equipment. Um, nothing's perfect, of course. There's a lot of learning. The learning curve is huge. But uh, I'm pretty happy with all of them. You know, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is important to point out is how quickly the revs of these products are coming because yeah. the, the market is so new and a, a lot of these products have been developed specifically for cannabis. Some haven't, but but um, but but the ones that haven't, they are now being uh, reapplied to this new industry. And so they put out a new product, they get all this new feedback and suddenly like, oh my gosh, we've got to upgrade this. And so now there's a new version of it, but but you just bought the, right. the old one eight months ago or whatever, and so I think that's um I think that's a really important thing both for entrepreneurs who are going to set up a lab to remember, and also you know for for companies that are designing these that that everyone should be prepared for rapid development of these yep. new technologies because uh, it is a petri dish of creativity and feedback right now. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I would say that one of the best ways to keep yourself informed if you are looking at purchasing equipment is to go to the shows. I have gotten so much information um, from going to shows where the equipment is set up and, and even analytical labs, you know, they have a lot to say about the product that they're seeing that, you know, everything is, is, is um, private, but they still can talk about the different equipment. Yeah. And that was really helpful for me. Right on. So let's let's wrap up with talking about um, the actual lab management because you know it is one thing to be a, an extraction technician, and it's a, it's something else to be responsible for yeah. that the lab is actually functioning. And so you know it's a higher level of organization that's got to take place. What what are some of your experience with with actually managing the lab that that are worth remark? Right. That's actually been a really hard transition for me. Um, I came in kind of in control of the lab because really the, the investors that I worked for, the company, um, was non-marijuana people. And so I, I had marijuana knowledge but needed to sell them on it, you know, basically tell them, okay, this is what I see. This is what we should do. Um, and they were super, super supportive of that. But I also made a lot of friends in that first begin those beginning stages, and um, along with coworkers who were helping me 
you know, so I think, I think going from being friends to being professionals was, was a pretty hard transition. Um, and also the biggest thing is making sure that you're tracking, you have to track everything and, and it's easy to go in there and make products and R and D on different things that you're developing, but then tracking that and making sure that you're being conscientious of how the company is spending money on you. Um, and, and the people that are working under you is it's, it's pretty stressful. It is definitely a different, a different game. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks for explaining that, you know, and, and that's all the time we've got time for us to wrap up. Casey, thanks so much for being on this show. You know, it, it's really nice to hear a day in the life of somebody who's really actually doing it and putting the, the cannabis on the shelf. So thanks for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me, Shango. Casey Hubs is the cannabis extraction team leader and lab manager at Orgro, a producer and processor in Moxie, Washington. You can follow Casey's Instagram for lab photos at herbal underscore majesty. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. For info on me and where I will be speaking, you can go to shangolos.com. Do you have a company that wants to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email grow at gontrepreneur.com entrepreneur.com to find out how. Today's show was produced by Michael Rowe. I am your host, Shango Lose.